Good morning, everyone, and um, welcome to the second uh, digital drop-in of this week. Um, today's session is going to be focused around uh, 10 marketing essentials that every business should be should be focusing on, should be thinking about, and, and certainly considering um, as we kind of come out of this initial uh, initial quarter of, of COVID madness. Um, I think, you know, us certainly, we feel like um, a lot of our clients and a lot of the, the kind of advice and, and, and people's situation has been very much sort of marketing in a crisis. And we've been in kind of crisis mode for this last kind of eight to 12 weeks. I think what we're seeing now is people are adapting to that. We're overcoming the challenges. And, you know, hopefully as of next Monday, a lot of the world kind of reopens for a bit of business and, and the economy starts moving. And I think what we need to be looking at now is starting to shift our focus from operating in a crisis and, and being in firefight mode to start shifting our focus towards, okay, how do we start planning for this? And how do we start looking forwards, thinking about, you know, key actions that we all need to be putting in place to, to prepare ourselves, our employees, our customers for kind of coming back to do business um, internally, externally, and just some of the some of the basics that I think um, we're definitely recommending all of our clients to look for and look at, um, but we feel feel you should as well. Um, I think uh, the panel today, there's just myself, um, uh, Brett Jacobson, founder and, and CEO of MediaWorks, and we've got Daniel Hogan, who's CTO of MediaWorks. Hi, everyone. Um, cool. So... Chris, I think if you want to kick us on to the, the first point, we'll we'll get going. Um, and yeah, like Chris mentioned, if anybody wants to put any questions in the Q&A panel, again, feel free to just pop those in at the bottom and then we'll jump to those at the end. And whether that's a question about anything we've covering or, or anything else you've got, me and Dan will, will do our best. There's only the two of us today, but we'll do our best to answer everything we can. Um, so yeah, I think first point um, is a really easy one. It's it's a it's a free one, you know. It, it doesn't take any investment other than time, but that's basically listen to and just reassure your customers. Um, you know, I think social media is is a is a very uh, blunt instrument at times. It's a very direct voice of your customers. You know, there's no sugarcoating. You know, and I think if you're looking to really understand what your customers' key concerns are. Um, you know, and identify where those opportunities are moving forward um, and potential threats, you know, and concerns that they might have, then I think social media and listening to those channels and listening to your audience and seeing what they're, how they're engaging with you is an absolute critical first action. Um, you know, I think, uh, that, you know, don't, don't just restrict yourself to your social media either. Think about your competitors, you know, go on their social channels, see what your customers or what their customers are asking them, see how they're engaging with clients and how they're answering queries and, and, and everything you can see, you know, garner everything you can. I think there's some, there's some crazy stats out there, like 96% of people are, are concerned about returning to indoor locations, you know, tell people about the measures that you're putting in place. You know, we've, we've invested a lot already around our office and in, in, in public areas with hand sanitizers and one-way systems upstairs and, and, and different protocols around public spaces. You know, put that out there, do a video, you know, get film it yourself around your office, show, show, show how it's going to be different and show how you're going to make it safe. Because I think safety's probably become the number one priority for people not just in life, you know, socially, but but want to do business commercially as well. You know, it's it's, it's a major concern. Um, I think, yeah, um, and, and and just 
contain in the virus and tell people what you're doing to protect your staff. I think that's really important as well. And Dan, anything you want to want to add to that? Yeah, I think you kind of mentioned use social. I think social is a great channel, but you know, as you say, look at it from your social, look at competitors, look at peers, but also don't necessarily think of social as a one-to-one channel. You know, traditionally everyone thinks about someone's engaged with us, we need to respond to this person, but how do you aggregate that data together and actually look for trends and patterns, what people are talking about in social? And that'll give you a good steer about what you need to kind of listen to and what you need to reassure customers about. And I, I think from that, you can then look at, okay, well, what do we do, as you say, from an advice point of view, and, and how do we make sure we, we, we kind of do stuff to align their kind of concerns? And I think the other thing is, you know, ask customers, you know, use digital channels to ask customers what things they might be worried about as we return to this new normal. And that will give you a good steer on what things you might need to put in place before you're open or, or during the process of, you know, tightening up around the kind of COVID rules. Awesome. Yeah, cool. So the next point um, we want to look at, again, probably centers around um, social media again, but it's embracing your social channels. So, a lot of people, you know, kind of say, oh, yeah, well, you know, we've got a Facebook channel, we've got a LinkedIn, we've got a Twitter, we've got these different things we use, but not really sure what they're for, not really sure. We, you know, we, we, we push out some pictures of kittens and stuff. Um, you know, I think that there's such an opportunity right now to be using social channels from a, from a new business perspective, from an opportunity to growth um, and, and, and grow and engage with customers in a commercial way. Uh, in, in, in ways that you've, in areas you've maybe not previously. So what these commercial uh, social channels have, have given us is, you know, things like Facebook, we, we hosted a webinar with those guys a couple of weeks ago. They said their cost per clicks on average were down 50% and the traffic was up 50%. Um, you know, so what that effectively means is, you know, the pound that you were spending in January, that pound now buys you four times as many eyeballs on social channels. Um, you know, that's not going to last forever. People are, that, that's because a lot of people have switched the marketing off. A lot of your competitors would have switched marketing off, you know, but also because the world has been, has been locked at home. The world is used to engaging on these channels now. And he's, even as, as, as the world opens up for business again, people are going to have developed new patterns, new behaviors of consuming this social content. So they're not necessarily going to go away. That audience is still going to be there. But what is going to change you know, is your competitors are going to come back to the marketplace? That's going to drive cost per clicks up. So for us, you know, there's this window of opportunity right now where you can be, you know, doubling down on your social investment and, and really buying as many eyeballs as possible in, 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 in a way that you might not be able to again in the future because this is going to become such a popular channel moving forward for a lot of businesses. So there's an opportunity there to invest heavily in social. Um, but what social also creates, it's not just this brand awareness channel, you know, it, it, it's, it's got a role to play in every part of the funnel. And I think, you know, a lot of people see social as, well, you know, it's awareness, it's top funnel, it's kind of how I engage and push messages, you know, it, it, great. Yeah, it's, it's a fantastic tool for that. But also it's got such super hyper targeting metrics now through different data points that other channels like your Google search, for example, and Google ads might not have. Um, that it creates a very unique way to target people from a from a decision point of the funnel. So, you know, LinkedIn, you know, targeting people through job titles, through size of business, through, you know, location, through uh, college education. You know, if you know someone studied in a particular area and you want to push a message back, there's so many different metrics that you can, you can hyper-target people with. You can follow people cross-platform now because LinkedIn obviously got acquired by Microsoft. So you can target people through job role now in Bing search. 
Um, things like Facebook life events. You know, if you know someone's just got married or they've just got a job or they've just had a baby, they've just moved house, all of these different life events create, you know, hyper-targeted hyper opportunities for very unique ways that other advertising platforms don't have. So definitely embrace social. It's not just that, you know, beating the drum and, and shouting about, you know, um, you know, uh, CSR and things like this, but, but use it as a new business channel. Dan? Yeah, I think the only, the only thing I'd add to that is, is look at what's working. So as you embrace those channels, understand what content is resonating with your audience or the new types of audience you might have and make sure you continue to drive that. So don't just have a, you know, one strategy that you push out, keep refining it because people's, uh, you know, behaviors and their attitudes have changed. So make sure that you understand what's working on social and then keep refining that to drive success. Absolutely. Um, I think the next point I want to look at is a really straightforward one, really easy one for, for anybody to do themselves is just to regularly review and update your key information. Um, so across things like Google My Business, um, Bing, Bing local listings, any of these kind of local listings online, um, it's, it's super, super important. People don't pick the yellow pages up anymore. You know, they don't kind of phone a friend, they ask Google and they ask Google what time you're open, when you're open, you know, if you're open, you know, which of your stores are open and aren't open, you know, um, telephone numbers, you know, if you've went to an emergency, you know, 0300 number that reroutes the people at home, you know, all of these different things are really easy, easy areas to keep that information up to date, keep your customers informed. I think it's, you know, flexible working hours. If you've extended those, or you've shortened those, all of these things, you just need to make sure are there in our, on our, our kind of in lights for your audience because people's physical time and those physical journeys are such a valuable, you know, um, a valuable commodity to people, that physical time. If, if you do say you're open and you, and you don't have this information up to date and you're not open and someone does make that physical journey to a store, you know, you're going to create a really bad experience for your customers. Um, and I think, you know, what you don't want to do is alienate any customers during this process. You want to you want to use this information to attract new customers through having flexible opening hours and things like this. Um, I think, yeah, the stat there, 46% of all searches on Google are local or regionally based. So people people use this, use Google as a as a way to find regional local assets. So, in, in, you know, the key, the key area of information for that is these local listings. So this is something you can do yourself in uh, Google, uh, Google My Business or Google Search Console, Dan? Google My Business. Google My Business. Um, you know, you guys will have a login, go in there, keep it updated. And as things evolve over time, over the next 12 weeks, keep updating that, make sure it's, it's up to date. It's a really quick way. And I think the other thing to say on Google My Business is they brought a lot of functionality in that's very COVID specific. So, you know, you can temporarily close your, your business location so that people know it's temporarily closed, it's not permanently closed and have the ability to put COVID specific updates out. So, you know, of that 46% of searches that are local or regionally based, you know, a lot of those aren't going to click on your website. They're going to look at Google My Business as their sole focus for the information that they want around things like opening times. So you need to make sure you're using it and you can put out things like your COVID policy. If you are open for specific hours and you've got a specific, you know, set of policies for how people can buy from you or how they, you know, need to get into the store and that kind of stuff, you use that to your advantage because it gets a lot of visibility in terms of the search results. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, great, absolutely. So the next point is, is again, something you can all do, it's free and you'll already have this data to, to access is, 
it's basically review your, your analytics to inform your marketing plan planning. But but as I mentioned probably three months ago when we, we ran the first set of advice around the crisis is 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 absolutely keep that that window of of review and that that window of data that you're reviewing as short as possible. You know, the world we're all used to reviewing month on month, quarter on quarter, year on year data. That's kind of all gone out the window. Um, you know, because the world changed 12 weeks ago and it changed in a way none of us could have predicted. And that quarter on quarter data doesn't have as much value, you know, even almost, you know, month on month, you know, for us, it's very much about week to week. The world's evolving, um, you know, at, at a crazy pace, um, almost daily, but but certainly weekly. And I think, you know, you need to adapt all of your internal marketing metrics, your reporting, you know, any, any uh, data points that are driving action. With, with inside your business, you have to shorten that time span um, to make sure that you're making decisions on the most relevant information possible. And our recommendation would be that that's no more than a week to two weeks max. Um, you know, and I think the types of things I'd be looking at is, you know, best-selling products, um, best-selling, you know, uh, best, best-selling ser- most popular services, um, locations, you know, um, and, and yeah, things like, make sure you're making these decisions and you're constantly reviewing it as well because you know 12 weeks ago toilet roll was the most popular thing in the world it isn't today you know six weeks ago you know when everyone was sent home it was it was uh, monitors and screens um we had some research the other day which weirdly said binoculars were really popular um i don't know if that's everybody spying on the neighbors um but you know these things are evolving and in what's hot and not can spike um, very quickly, but it can also drop very quickly. So make sure that you don't react to a spike, change your entire marketing strategy to capture a spike, and that spike's passed. And then you can waste a lot of time and effort and money targeting something that is been and gone. So you've got to be looking forward. Think in, in combining this as well, things like Google Trends and looking at areas there where you can you can overlay that data with yours. Um, and I think, Dan, you were talking about annotating uh, this analytics as well, be really important. Yeah, you know, there's, there's a lot of events that happen. And as you go through, there's so many events that you, you're not going to remember what happened three, four weeks ago. So make sure you're using the functionality around annotations to put in key events that have happened. Um, and, and, you know, that might be key events in the UK, but it could also be international events, because if you're a, a business that operates internationally, you, you know, things might impact that market differently based on the events that happen in the country. So make sure you're looking at that. I think the other piece that Brett touched on is things like, you know, behaviors have changed so there's a lot of transactional terms but actually there's a lot more informational terms that people are searching for now so have a look at your top content and understand is there informational people uh, pages that people are engaging with and make sure that they're up to date and you know they're aligned with with what you're doing now as a business um and equally and, and we'll kind of come on to it but you know analytics has got a wealth of information about your site from acquisition to what they do on the site to what they buy but also audience data so make sure you're using that data as best you can um, to understand who's engaging with you. Yeah, the next um, the next point that we're going to look at, again, might seem an obvious one, but digitize your core products and services. So we all probably saw when, when Primark had to effectively close its entire business because it, it hadn't previously invested in e-commerce, which just sounds crazy for a, for a retailer and a business of their size. Um, you know, there'll be a lot of people on today and a lot, a lot of um, who are listening today who've, who've had to close physical locations, who've had to adapt, who've had to, you know, we've had clients who've had to go to, you know, restaurants, leisure clients who've moved to takeaway. We've got clients who used to print business cards who are now printing PPE and, and face masks. 
you know, and it's, it's been fantastic to see that. But I think, um, you know, digital transformation, digital e-commerce, it's always been on no doubt everybody's agenda here, but it's, 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 it's maybe risen and fallen in those key priorities over the last however many years, months. Um, it's absolutely top of that priority now, you know, that digitizing your business, ensuring that people can consume them um, digitally is, is, and, and buy them and engage with you is, is got to be the number one priority for every business, regardless of what you do. Um, I think, you know, time and in, in, in purchases are online have increased considerably. You know, the audience hasn't gone away. We've got clients who are having record year on year um, results, you know, in, in areas like luxury shoe retailing, you know, um, skip higher, you know, B2B and B2C, because they've embraced it and they're hoovering up a larger part of that marketplace that the competitors haven't been able to embrace as quickly and get at because they haven't made these digital investments. So I think, um, yeah, we'll get, I mean, there's bigger offerings in there as well around um, international growth opportunities for everybody, which we'll get onto later. Um, but yeah, digitizing those core products and offerings has is, is got to be critical for everyone. Dan? Yep, and I think the the only other thing that you know I often talk about with clients is you know don't forget internal as well. You know, digital is great for for selling products and driving revenue, but also it can be really useful, especially in today's world around things like health and safety. So how do you you bring in things like apps that allow people to to know what they're doing from a socially distance point of view, or, or processes that might have to change because of the situation we're in? So. Again, I, I would just say, you know, there's, there's loads of focus on it from an external and consumer point of view, but think about how it could also help the business and, and, and keep employees safe. That's a really good point, Dan, as well. Just very quickly on this one, we've got, you know, if, if, you're, if you're selling on Amazon or any of these other kind of third-party uh, aggregators or platforms, some of these, these, these sort of digital services and marketplaces will have an algorithm that um, can be driven by offline activity. So, you know, if you have a process in your factory whereby an order comes in, you know, it sits on a list and you work through that order and, and you know, you might get the, you know, email 27 that came in over the weekend on five o'clock on Monday. You know, if that's an Amazon order, you know, Amazon aren't going to like that. They're not going to like the fact it took you 12 hours to respond and process that order. So actually, Offline business processes, and that will also start to mark you down in Amazon's listings. Offline processes like bringing those Amazon orders to the top, processing them first ahead of your website orders, little things like that might make the difference between 10 or 20% of revenue because Amazon have saw that you're a much more reactive business. You're responding far quicker to customer inquiries and engagements, you know, and, and, and that boost in rankings through just changing a physical process in an offline world can have a massive impact digitally. So that's something to, to consider as well. Um, number six, the next area we want to look at is, is, is again, you know, it might seem an obvious one, but optimize your business, your, your website, sorry, as a, as a business priority. So 81% of people are, you know, research online before buying. That means, you know, for the high likelihood, 81% of the first engagements with your potential audience and future customers is going to be your website. So, you know, we speak to so many clients and they're kind of like, yeah, I know, you know, my website's horrific. It doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. We're thinking about investing in it. We've been going to do it for a while. It's like, now is the time. That window of opportunity for investing in social that we mentioned earlier in this, 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 this big kind of opportunity now, this is another one of those, you know, and I think any of those web projects that have been on a list, you know, that have been deprioritized because of something else, you know, now again is a time that we see is, is critical for you to be making those investments because 
you know, the, the world does feel like there's a, there's a rebound in Q3 en route. We certainly feel that way. And the data we're looking at says that um, with online searches and visibility and demand increasing. So we feel like there's a, there's a wave of opportunity coming in Q3, you know, from July, August, September. Um, don't wait until that's arrived to make these investments. We're in June. You know, you've got two or three weeks window of opportunity left of this kind of wave of opportunity building, you know, use that two or three weeks, you know, wisely, make these investments, make sure that you're ready to, to take advantage of that demand when the market lifts in the next quarter and make sure that your business is, is there, is as visible as possible. There's so many quick wins, you know, you can be optimizing your, your content through SEO, you can be adding content through SEO, you can be hoovering up brand mentions from an outreach perspective, you know, you can be understanding your PPC wastage through running audits and trying new PPC methods. But but mainly, you know, CRO, UX, looking at your website, is there any conversion blockers that, you know, are you asking someone for the blood type before you'll sell them a pair of shoes? You know, do you need that? Can you put a guest checkout in? You know, all of these little things can add 5, 10, 20% to that sort of revenue conversion growth if you make those investments ahead of time. Done. Yeah, and I would say, you know, from that is, you know, because behaviors and attitudes have changed, also think about, you know, how do you optimize that journey for the new normal? You know, things like affordability is going to be a key priority for people moving forward. So is there stuff you need to do there to, to you know, change up some of those processes and change some of the wording? You know, it might be that level at which you get free delivery. Maybe you have to adjust that. And, you know, from a commercial point of view, you know, look at that and say, actually, we can bring this down and that will drive us more revenue because we're more likely to get customers who are focused on that affordability piece. And as Brett said, UX is hugely important. I think understanding who your customer base is, you know, there's a lot of people who've moved online to buy their products and aren't going to move back to being a, a bricks and mortar type customer. So make sure you focus the UX around how that might have changed and people who traditionally aren't digital natives, but you know, are going to engage with your brand on online and on your website. Yeah, and I think just, just to summarize that point as well, Google's page experience signal, which they announced this week. Um, you know, if we get the chance and there's any questions on that at the end, we can we can share as share what we know about that. But that's gonna be the biggest change to Google, you know, certainly this year and, and, and probably into next year. Um, and that launches in, in 2021. So Google's given us six months notice to get this this get our acts together. And I think um, a lot of that focuses all around your website experience, UX, CRO. So that's something that, you know, any investment you make now will be even more valuable in the future. Um, the next area we wanted to look at is reevaluate your target market. So what do we mean by this? We, we, we mean, Dan just touched on it there in terms of we all kind of understood or, or, or probably had a good degree of knowledge around who our key customers were or key audiences were, who were engaging with us digitally, what the most popular products were, etc. Well, along with services and products and all of these areas um, evolving rapidly, so are our audience types. And as, 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 again, as Dan mentioned, we hosted a webinar with uh, Microsoft a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking very heavily around the silver dollar, as they called it. Um, you know, these people have been referred to as silver surfers and, and, and whatever you want to call them. But it's Gen X. It's basically that, that kind of category before millennials. You know, you're kind of 36 to 50 year olds who didn't necessarily grow up with digital, but are very digital, you know, are, are, are happy to engage digitally, but maybe still did have those traditional approaches, you know, going to buy, buy your sort of groceries, you know, physically every week on, a, on what have you. 
these people have all been forced to come online because of COVID. So you've had a, a, a huge swathe of opportunity in this, particularly in this Gen X category, um, slightly older demographic, um, but very wealthy demographic, um, you know, who, who are now online, they're digital natives, you know, uh, I know, for example, my, my wife's parents, you know, they're in their 50s, you know, and, and, and they've, they've never shopped online before with sort of your Tesco or Sainsbury's, et cetera. That's all they do now. You know, that, that they're never going to change. You know, they'll stay in that behavior moving forwards. And I think, you know, that that's the same across a lot of different markets, you know, whether that's fashion, travel, et cetera, um, different services. And I think you need to embrace that and possibly reevaluate the way you speak to these people online, you know, whether you even try to engage with these people online, definitely engage with them now and think about the types of services and products and messages that you push and where you push them. And, and if these people have now become a key audience for you, maybe you should think about adapting the, the types of photography you use online, you know, the way you talk, the words you use, all of these things should be thought about and thinking about this, this new, this new opportunity with new audiences. Dan, do you want to, do you want to add? Yeah, I think, you know, probably from a more practical point of view in terms of getting, you know, access to who is your new audience is just use all of the data points you have and bring them together. You know, things like your social channels, Google Analytics has a lot around demographics, um, pull that in. Tools like Global Web Index, and we, and we did a, a session with those guys a few weeks ago, but understanding, you know, what are the attitudes and behaviors of, of certain um, different demographics and how they're going to engage with you. And then things like, you know, customer research, how can you go out and ask, you know, customers what's important to them and, and bring all that together together to really understand what you should be doing around your, your target market and your key personas to, to push forward for, with your, your marketing strategy. I think the other thing that, that, that we saw, again, just touching on that global web index data set was that people are very, you know, this kind of togetherness that COVID's created has forced people to think much more regionally and locally focused. So people are, are person, and personally, this is the same with, again, you know, my household, you know, we're now getting a, a vegetable box and a fruit box kind of delivered every every second Tuesday from a local farm, you know, and, and, and it's it's definitely more expensive than going to the local supermarket and buying, you know, those Belgian strawberries or wherever they came from. But I think my wife and, and myself, you know, you like, you want to support local businesses. You want to buy local, you want to engage local. And I think, you know, again, with this whole COVID situation, people's mentality shifted from this kind of convenience, you know, demand type approach where it's, it's kind of, I'm not bothered where it comes from, what it is. I just want it and I want it now to, well, actually, I'm quite happy to wait for it, you know, and, and I'm quite happy to pay a little bit more for quality if I've got confidence in where that product's coming from or that service is being delivered. So I think for me, that would be play on that quality message, play on that local message, um, and also maybe invest a little bit harder in targeting a regional market because as opposed to a national market, if your service and goods support that, um, because there might be a high conversion rate from them and it might, it might prove that that's a lot better than what it has been in the past. Um, so yeah, so the next point we want to look at point eight is around, um, expanding your reach into international markets. So yeah, so I, I mentioned this earlier, we've, uh, MediaWorks have been selected as one of only five agencies in the UK to be part of a, a Google beta trial on a new international growth team that Google have launched off the back of this COVID crisis. So I think now more than ever. This, this kind of borderless economy of international trade and, and international e-commerce in specific 
is is booming. You know, there was a stat Google gave us on on the, on that webinar we hosted of five billion pounds at any one moment in time is in the back of delivery trucks moving around the world on on cross border transactions. I think twenty three percent of of e commerce. Um, in Europe last year was cross-border transactions, international international purchases. Um, and for us, you know, we've been talking to our clients about this, you know, for, for a long time. I think there's an opportunity for everybody here. Um, I think with the improved logistics and cost-effective logistics for different types of products and services, um, we had a, there was a, the, what, actually our Google rep that we work with, his parents run a, an off-license in Dublin, um, and, you know, 12 weeks ago, that was an off-license on the end of a street. Um, COVID hit. They launched a Facebook page. They started doing home deliveries, click and collect. They now have an e-commerce website. Um, and actually, they're now trying to source fine wines and fine whiskies, you know, to ship all over the world on an e-commerce basis. And 12 weeks ago, these people were an off-license at the end of a road in Dublin. So, you know, to say, you know, nobody's too small to embrace international opportunities. And we've got access to a lot of different tools um, through Google's market finders, different insight that they're garnering to show us which countries are the most effective ones for your product and service specifically to engage in. Um, cost per clicks, you know, building a business case to say you can go and engage in Germany and, and, and put a three-month proof of concept in for X, Y, or Z and, and look at it, you know, and, and you know, undoubtedly digital markets online in the UK are going to become more saturated. They're going to become more competitive because these businesses who haven't embraced digital, you know, should they survive the next six, nine, 12 months, they're going to be making a big digital play. And it might be that if you have been one of those businesses to engage digitally early, you know, great, you're taking advantage of that now, but your whole market's just about to come online and they're about to realize how important digital is. So, you know, you might have to now start thinking about the next territory that you want to engage in. And, and for us, you know, that international opportunities like that are are, are, are just are so are so effective and can be can be accessed through a very straightforward, like I say, proof of concept. Um, we can give you all the data you need. Speak, you know, reach out to us, speak to us. Doesn't have to be clients. Anyone, you know, prospects want to do that. We're more than happy to help you and give you any information we can to steer that decision making um, and create a business case internally. But I think not just the data and cost per clicks and transacting, but one of the big the big risks and threats you need to be aware of is, and it's something the Google guys and ourselves can help with, is going into a market and not appreciating the cultural nuances of that market. Um, again, there was a big story about um, you know Pampers or Huggies, one of the big um, you know brands, when it tried to go into the Asian market, and they kind of spent millions and millions of dollars on on you know this huge launch, and it was kind of the stalk coming across for the baby and stuff. Um, and basically, none of the Asian, um, you know, population just, just got it. Uh, in sort of China and Japan, I think, and Korea, um, they just didn't get it. They were like, what the hell is the stork doing here? Because actually, the story in um, Asia is about a giant peach. Um, uh, and how a giant peach delivers a baby, I'm not sure. But I have been told on good authority it is a giant peach. And that is that is the story as it goes across sort of Japan, China, Korea. And um, so they, the Huggies Pampa spent millions of dollars on this, this stalk marketing campaign and just, just totally tanked because they hadn't spent the time to understand the marketplace. So, you know, things like color, you know, the color orange is great in the Netherlands. It's again, not very good in Asia. It's, you know, and, and so you might have to think about even your brand and how you tailor that. But um, yeah, one thing for sure, international opportunities are huge and, and you need to be investigating it.
Dan? Yeah, and I think the only other thing I'd add to that is, you know, often people, when they're targeting things like paid search, they'll focus on a specific market, so say the UK, but often you'll have expats in various countries that still want to engage with you and you're missing out on that opportunity. So again, it's not just about international markets that are new. It's about people that know your brand, that want to buy your product, that you're not currently marketing to because actually you haven't set up your, your paid campaigns in the right way. So think about these expat communities and think about actually they're probably going to want some of these home comforts that they're used to that maybe they could get when they could travel, but they can't get now. So there's a great opportunity there to also expand into the areas where, you know, actually their, their first language might be English and, and you operate in the same way, but you just expand out your, your, your paid campaigns so you, you can have visibility for those guys. Absolutely. And you can find a lot of that information in your analytics when you look at where you've transacted, look at IP locations of visitors. And like Dan says, you know, you can very quickly spot an opportunity to, to engage in an international market who are maybe already engaging with your business and your brand. You're just not servicing them. Yeah. Great. Okay. So the next one uh, is emphasize value. So, you know, as, as we know, you know, there's, there's going to be a massive focus on value. You know, 33% um, of people say that the cheapest price is the biggest influence in purchasing factor. Um, I think that's going to get even bigger. You know, um, and, and as people, you know, that we know the world's going to go and potentially, well, it is in a recession. Um, and that's that's going to get a little bit worse before it gets better for a lot of people, I think, personally and, and, and socially. So, you know, I think if you are engaged in certainly B2C, it's critical that you're emphasizing value. Um, and I think people will spend the time. They'll be more considered, certainly in some of their larger purchases, you know, if they're purchasing TVs and sofas and you know, cars and things like this, value is going to be a, an even more important driver than, than, than what it always was. Um, but obviously, don't forget those other messages of quality and, and, and make sure that you can try and get the best balance of both. Dan? Yeah. And I think from, from a, a kind of consumer point of view, I think there's a, there's a realisation that people are going to be focused on this idea of reasonable quality at reasonable prices. So it's kind of that mid-market to the high-end market that people are focusing on. So, you know, there are going to be like, products that maybe were a bit more fast and people would buy and then, you know, dispose of pretty quickly. Actually, it's how do you move away for, from that area and focus on the stuff and, and drive your, your tone of voice and all of your messaging around the fact that actually it's a quality product at affordable prices. Um, and, and, you know, it's not one or the other, it's both because people want quality, but they want to make sure it's affordable. Yeah, I think we've seen, we've seen people transact and certainly B2C on, on higher ticket items but stuff that they know is going to drive value, you know, so they'll they'll buy a, a really expensive pair of shoes that they feel they'll get value from, you know, but maybe that, you know, pretty cost-effective item of clothing you buy on a Tuesday to go out on a Friday, you know, isn't as important as any, anymore because you're not. So that we've seen, we've seen a, a massive hit in that lower fast, certainly in a fast fashion kind of world, you know, there's been a huge hit. But at luxury end, there's still been there's still been the consistent purchases and sales. Like Dan says, pe people don't mind spending money on, on something they're going to get value from. Um, and then I think the final point um, for for us on the on, on the on the ten point plan is is as I've mentioned quite a bit throughout this, you know, plan for the rebound. You know, this rebound is coming. You know, certain countries that are ahead of us in this curve are seeing that rebound already. You know, there's a lot of no one knows for sure what's going to happen, but you know there is a there's a there's a lot of confidence that this rebound is going to come. People are going to have you know disposable income that's been built up. They're going to have purchases they still need to make. People are still going to want to buy cars, move houses, you know, um, you know, and, and make these 
purchases. Businesses need to open. They need to engage with you and they'll, and they'll need to engage more than ever if they want to make up numbers and hit targets and plans for the year. So the world's, the world's coming back. It's going to switch on. For a lot of people, it's already back. Um, you know, so I think don't miss out on that opportunity. You know, think about this finite window we've talked about with things like social opportunity on, on, on really reduced cost per clicks. Think about making those investments in your website. There's, there's a, there is a window of opportunity here that, that you know, um, sensible, um, calculated, you know, uh, investments can really maximize a lot of returns um, in, in a very short period of time. And it's 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 not a time for knee jerk, you know, reactions and and you know in in, in three sixty movements and and, and changing focus. It's about making really considered investments, you know, um, and, and yeah, being sensible but plan for that rebound. I think there's a stat there where you know again during the Great Recession, I think Post were the were the number one cereal brand um, in in nineteen twenties, um, and they just shut all marketing off. When it when you know when we went into the recession, um, there was a very there was a little little known brand called Kellogg's at the time decided to double their advertising spend, and you know one of those brands is no longer here, and the other has been a market leader for the past eight or nine decades. So I think you know learn that lesson and 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 you know make the sensible investments and take advantage of these opportunities you've got now to buy a lot of eyeballs and a lot of coverage and a lot of um, opportunities in new business at a far reduced rate of what you would have three, four months ago. Um, but obviously make those investments on a sensible basis and, and, and don't by any means jeopardize yourself in the process. Dan? Yeah, and I think the final thing that, that I'd add to that is the one tool that probably is is vital for this is remarketing. Don't forget that you know, you've know you got access to cheaper inventory on things like social and display, but use them to build up that audience list so that in the future, you know, you, during this rebound period that you can keep advertising to these people, you know, so if you haven't been doing remarketing lists over the period, make sure you start today and, and build up that audience list so that you've got a lot of prospective customers to market to during the rebound period. Yeah, I think absolutely, Dan. You know, there's so many businesses and websites that I've I've purchased from, you know, small some small items, some, some larger ticket items, and um, over the past 8, 12 weeks who I've not heard from since. You know, and I, and I just think it's so easy. You know, we all know the old kind of adage. It's like seven times more expensive to acquire a customer than retain one. You know, so do the easy bit. You know, you, you've done the hard bit of, of, of finding, engaging, and, 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 and winning a customer. Do the easy bit and, and engage with them and continue to engage with them and, and keep them, which is a, a far better investment of your time um, than constantly looking to, on an acquisition or investing in acquisition marketing as opposed to retention. Um, okay um, yeah so that's us I think in terms of the top 10 facts uh, or not the top 10 facts or, or 10 recommended areas if there's any questions again you know feel free to throw them in the in the Q&A box um, we're happy to, to answer those we've probably got another five minutes maybe if anyone does have any questions um, if you do want to reach out directly by all means, um, info at mediaworks.co.uk or, or give us a ring. You know, we, as a business, as an agency, we're fully operational. We're supporting our clients. Um, we've not we've not switched off at all during this period. And um, and again, we're, you know, we're open for business and wanting to move forwards. Um, I suppose if we haven't got any questions, um, I'll quickly wrap up with a summary. You know, I think for me, use social, listen to your audience, understand their key concerns and queries. 
you know, don't think social is just a tool for shouting and, and, and engaging with people at an awareness stage. It's got hyper unique targeting capabilities. So, you know, utilize social to its fullest and use it as a new business tool as well. It's not just for your CSR, for your news and, and, and for the softer, softer comms. Um, I think Google My Business and Bing Local update these. It's so easy. Um, quick question came in there. Will the slides be available? Yes, we'll send these all around along with a recording of the podcast of the session as well for anybody to, to listen over again. And again, if you've got questions again in the future, feel free to throw them into us. Um, I'll put my details on there and Dan's as well if anybody wants to reach out to us. Um, yeah, so to update your details, um, I think... You know, shorten that time period that you're that you're reviewing analytics. Make sure you're focusing on week to week and not month month quarter quarter, um, because you might you might not be making your decisions on the best data. They digitize internally as well as externally. Don't forget, you know, your internal processes with things like Amazon and how you engage and 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 work, you know, and and operate it are going to have a big impact on your external digital success. So think about that as well. Um, Invest in your website now. If you've got anything or any areas there that that you know could use some work and you've got some extra capacity right now, whilst well, there's a bit of downtime before this, this wave arrives, please, please use it to invest in your website now and get that website in as tip-top shape as you possibly can. You know, CRO audits, UX audits, um, you know, page load speed, all these really easy, quick wins, you know, on-page optimization of content, you know, and again, any of these things, reach out to us. We're more than happy to help. Think about that Google page experience signal. Definitely do some research on that because that is a that is a tidal way of coming for anybody who, who gets value from their Google SERPs that they have to get prepared for in the next six months. Um, don't forget to focus on Gen X and the silver dollar. There's new, there's new audiences come online. Make the most of them. Um, definitely, if you're thinking about international expansion, don't forget the peach and the stalk. And make sure you explain to people exactly what you're talking about when you talk about the peach and the stalk, because they might think you're a lunatic if you don't. Um, but yeah, think about these local markets that you're going to engage in culturally, as well as just from a pure demand basis. Um, and yeah, emphasize value and and quality. And ultimately, I think just go for it. You know, you've got an opportunity here. People who stand still are going to move backwards. So if I was you, my single biggest recommendation is go for it. Um, and you know, you know, you have to speculate to accumulate and there's an opportunity here for everybody to come out with this stronger. Okay, great. That was us. Thanks, Dan. Um, thanks everybody for attending. Here's some of our social channels. By all means, again, we'll send our details around, reach out to us, anything you need. We're here to help. And, um, yeah, hope you stay safe. Enjoy the weekend and we'll be back next Tuesday at 1130. Cheers guys. <laughs>